always right in the face of adversity, in the face of all the facts that people try to throw at me. It's the Common Man Program, weekdays at 1 on 740 The Fan. It is time to bring on the television play-by-play voice of the legendary Dick Bremer, Jack Michaels, Derek Hansen. And uh, last time we spoke with Dick, I think we were talking about Rooker or Garlic. Rooker or Garlic. And it looks like it's Garlic. Good afternoon. How you doing, Dick? Good to have you on board today. Yeah, we're uh, we're anxious to get things going here. Uh, Ryan Garlic, uh, not many people knew much about him uh, before spring training. But he certainly made a name for himself, uh, leading the team in home runs and runs batted in. And lo and behold, he's going to be in the outfield mix and the DH mix maybe as well for the Twins. I think the other thing we were talking about was not only uh, Garlic, but we were. I think at the time we talked last week, uh, Kirilov was still in the mix, and then he wasn't. I and mean, that was crazy. Yeah, well, he still, I think, is going to be the primary left fielder for the Twins. Uh, he did not have a good spring. Um, if um, you know, Garlic had had the Kirilov spring training, and if Kirilov had had the Garlic spring training, I think we'd probably be uh, promoting Alex Kirilov for a Rookie of the Year. He's a really good player. Uh, he's going to be a really good player, but uh, he'll start the uh, season uh, at the alternate site. And it's important, I think, for Twins fans to be aware of this. There won't be games for these guys. You know, they're just going to be working out the Triple A season. Uh, as well as the other levels of the minor leagues, are going to get started late this year. So it's not like Kirilov is going to you know, tear the cover off the ball at AAA and uh, you know get a call up. He's just going to have to practice and try to keep his swing sharp. Kirilov went four for thirty-one this spring. If you do the numbers, I think that's around one twenty-nine on this. But Dick, aren't even some Hall of Famers stories all started with four for thirty-one in a spring training game? Well, you know what I mean, right? It's littered with stories like that. Yeah, and okay, what he ended up hitting 160 or whatever and ended up being twice of Max Kepler's batting average. Uh, Max didn't have a good spring either, but when somebody's done it at this level as Max has, you can just kind of, you know, look the other way and and not think too much of it. But when you're a prospect and you're you you've got an opportunity to uh, make an impression and then there's, you know, the service time issues and all that that come into play, he'll start the year uh, not with the big league club, but I, I suspect by uh, Memorial Day for sure he'll probably be uh, be with the club. Were there any other surprises with the 26-man roster? I'm still trying to get used to saying that, the 26-man roster, that uh, <laughs> you know, as far as uh, you know, 13 pitchers or anything else that shocked you? Yeah, well, I, you know, I wasn't sure until the very end that Caleb Thielbar uh, was going to make it uh, but uh, because he got off to a slow start. Um, you know, Rich Hill got off to, or not Rich Hill, excuse me, Jay Happ got off to a, um, a, a slow start. He had, uh, you know, with the COVID uh, positive test and got a late start. But, uh, you know, I, I think all in all, it was a good camp for the Twins just because it was a full camp, a reasonably healthy camp, and, uh, you know, twice as long as the, the um, camp, if you want to call it that, that uh, everybody threw together to get a season started late last year. I would love to start a new segment and have millions of sponsors and pay Dick Bremer three times as much money as he makes uh, currently now. If we start a segment called Dick Predicts, Derek, you ready? <laughs> Dick Predicts. Uh, I went. I looked at the Minnesota Twins season records and and have a Dick Predicts segment. So the season record for batting average, unless I'm wrong, is Rod Carew 
hit 388-1977. Right. Is it safe in 2021 in our Dick Predict segment? 388. Um, no one will hit uh, 388 uh, for the Twins this year. I'm, I feel quite confident in saying that. All yes. right. Derek, you concur? The Dick I, I do. And, and I know as much as uh, Mr. Bramer loves uh, Luis Rise, I, I don't think he'll get to that uh, point. Okay. okay, the home run record, Twins home run record, of course, Harmon Killebrew, 49. Is forty nine safe in our Dick Predict segment? Do you think? Well, I, I don't. I'm not I'm less sure about that. To be honest with you, I don't know yet about the uh, you know ballistics of the 2021 baseball yet. <laughs> uh, we don't know for sure how this ball is going to work. Uh, but there, you know, the one guy who stands out is Miguel Sano. I mean, he's so incredibly powerful. Uh, it wouldn't uh, surprise me at all to have him have a 50 home run season now we'd like you know the strikeouts to be cut down and all that but uh uh you know it's uh, you know they had a lot of really you know some of the top power hitters plural in the game two years ago and not so much last year so we'll see how the season plays out the one thing that i think a lot of people are going to be looking at is the baseball that's going to be used this year uh and how it's going to fly and how many home runs will be hit but uh I think as we uh, talked about it last week, uh, we're going to have some cold weather games too early on. So let's not jump to uh, an early conclusion about you know how lively the ball is this year. All right, I got a couple more in our Dick Predict segment, and he nailed the the strikeouts. By the way, Miguel Sano does own that record, one seventy eight. But who cares? I guess this day and age now, Dick. Apparently, nobody cares if you strike out. If that fourth at bat, you can drive a couple of runs, and I guess too. All right, uh, Dick predicts the Minnesota Twins single season record for runs. By one Chuck Knobloch, 1996, where Chuck Knobloch scored 140 runs. What about 140 runs scored in a regular season for the Twins? Yeah, of course, Knobloch was the type of player that, uh, you know, frankly, doesn't exist much in baseball anymore. And even Knobloch, when he went to New York, tried to hit home runs. But Knobloch was an on-base guy, a base stealer. Uh, I still think there's a place in the game for that but I don't know anybody in the Twins roster or even in the organization who's that type of player. There's so few of them in baseball these days. 140 runs is an awful lot of runs. Let's just hope that there's one or two that that might get to 100. This is going to be an easy no at our last one for for Dick Predict segment here. Uh, uh, Stolen bases. you got to go back to 1912, Dick. Clyde Milan, and I hope I pronounced that name right, stole 88 bases in 1912. That's an easy no, right, Dick? That's uh, that's still safe. Yeah, the stolen base. Uh, hopefully, he's going to make a bit of a comeback this year. But uh, it's it's a power game right now, and the one guy, of course, who could steal a lot of bases, Byron Buxton, uh, didn't steal much last year. Uh, I, I I'll be curious how aggressive he is on the bases. Uh, at one point, I think he had what twenty one straight steals. Uh, so he he has the ability, the talent there. And baseball at the minor league level is doing what it can to bring back the stolen base uh, because it's a you know very exciting style of play. Base running and base stealing have kind of given way to the power game, but uh, we'll see how many stolen bases. The Twins don't have too many guys that have blazing speed, but Buxton certainly is one of those. Yeah, you mentioned it. Going back to the last question, too, is you know, a rise I jokingly said before, but he is a guy who can get on base a lot. He's not going to steal as much, maybe, and but Buxton will be. Does Buxton need to be more patient to plate, take more walks to get to that point? 
Because I think both of them could really get the stolen bases and runs to maybe challenge that record if they did. Yeah, I think uh, the Twins have a couple of players that uh, hopefully will be a little more uh, diligent about trying to increase walks and cut down on the strikeouts. Uh, Miguel Sano being one of them and Buxton the other one. And it's really important for Byron to try to improve his on-base percentage because I can tell you, you know, other teams uh, just have nightmares about, you know, when he is on the bases because he can, you know, score from first on a single. He can get, you know, first to third on, on pretty much any hit to the outfield. Uh, the game changes when he's on the bases. So if we start seeing Byron taking a few more walks, improving his on-base percentage, I think it'll go a long way towards him emerging as one of the better players in the game. Notice, uh, Dick, I didn't bring up Walter Johnson's 36 wins in 1913. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's safe. Yeah. Think, uh, hey, a few years ago, we were hoping the team won 36 games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let me ask exactly. you a little bit about uh, one thing that uh, we talked about in the offseason is the universal DH, and I was kind of hoping for it, and selfishly as a Twins fan because – I think it's a huge disadvantage for the Twins to open up on the road at a National League team for the one you know interleague series here and not have Nelson Cruz in the lineup right away. Well, and then you know the biggest concern for all American League teams is someone uh, doing something that they're not accustomed to doing and getting injured in the process. Now, uh, it's easy for me to say because I'm not paying the guy's salary. I think there's less concern uh, about uh, Kenta Maeda uh, who, of course, came to the Twins from the Dodgers and, and hit a lot, but he didn't hit at all last year. And that's that's the scary thing for me, guys, that even the National League pitchers last year didn't hit. And now, you know, it's like anything else. If you haven't done something for a year mm. and now you try to do it, 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 I don't care how many years you've been hitting, you know, if you're Kershaw or Scherzer or any of these guys, right? But they didn't do it last year, and now you're going to ask them to use muscles and and motions that they didn't use for a while. Uh, I think that's a really big concern for a lot of baseball people, and I think it's a huge mistake for baseball to not, after last year, come back with a universal DH this year. A couple minutes remaining with Dick Brammer today. The Minnesota Twins open up their season on the road at Milwaukee in a trip to Detroit. They eventually uh, will return home for their home opener on the 8th against the Seattle and oftentimes, and I know it's a team game, Dick, but oftentimes we ask the question, uh, the, as blank, and we'll give you two, as blank and blank go, so go the Minnesota Twins. And I'd hate to narrow this down to just a couple of players. It's a team game. You have pitching staffs, and there's so many parts to this because oftentimes we'd ask that question to fans, and they'd say, as Byron Buxton goes, so goes the Minnesota Twins. So I'll throw it at you. Pick a couple, maybe even position groups if you want, or individuals, as blank and blank go, so will the Minnesota Twins. Well, because pitching is such a variable, particularly relief pitching, uh, I'll, I'll focus on the position players, and I'll tell you that the, the two key players for me are Byron Buxton and Nelson Cruz. Byron, because I, I think this Twins team uh, could emerge as one of the best teams in Major League Baseball if he is healthy, and he has not been particularly at the end of the year when the Twins really need you know, that extra spark, if you will, for, for the postseason. And the other one, and, and you know, he looked fine in spring training, but you got to remember Nelson's crew, Nelson Cruz is 40 years old. He's going to turn 41 in the middle of this season. And, and as good as he is, he's not going to go forever. 
And that was one of the issues I know in bringing him back. He felt he was worth a two-year deal uh, from the Twins or whomever. And, and you know, it's not like it used to be where, where teams, are, teams are more interested now on spending money up front in a player's career than on the backside. And so this guy is 40 years old, and he may hit 310 this year and hit 40 home runs and drive in 120. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But at some point, the production's going to wane. And, and, you know, I think the Twins are counting very heavily uh, that the production doesn't wane for Nelson Cruz. He means so much in the middle of that lineup. I like it. We have a text message that came in at 35270. And if you do want to give uh, Dick a quick call here, 237-3767. Derek, we would have lost Cruz if we had the universal DH. I would say that is a possibility, obviously, but I also think – you know, he may have wanted to come back to the Twins. It's just that the Twins would have had to pony up more. Is that safe to say, Dick? Yeah, and the reason if they'd had the universal DH, the thought goes, you know, there would have been twice as many teams with all the National League teams uh, that would be interested in bringing him aboard. And, you know, there would have been more competitive offers. That naturally follows. But I, I do believe that, that he would have given, even under those circumstances, the Twins an opportunity to match whatever offers he had. Because I really, truly believe that that he's. It's only been two years, but he's found a home here in Minnesota. He fits in well. He's really enjoyed his time in Minnesota. And 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 if someone had offered a second year and the Twins weren't willing to go there, then yeah, there was a real good chance that he would have gone. But uh, I do think he would have come back to the Twins and say, "Hey, here's what I got. Can you match it?" And then. It would have been up to the Twins to decide whether to give him a second year or not. I totally agree yep. with that. That yep. you know, as much as leverage as he may have had, use the word leverage. I I really like Dick's response on that. Dick, a few years ago when Seattle uh, opened up at Target Field, uh, challenger the bald eagle, who was <laughs> tremendous in his pre-flight practice, uh, landed on and I the, I the name is safe, but I think it was James Paxton. Yes. yes, that's right. Yep. Okay, so the question today, and of all the pageantry of, of a season opener, and it'll be the home opener for Milwaukee, and then yours will be in the, on the 8th, have you ever seen anything like that where a, a, a bald eagle flew on somebody's back on all the pageantry no, I, of opening day? And Paxson's back with the Mariners, so you know there's a chance he may get to start again on opening day and not uh, appear until it's uh, time for him to pitch in the bottom of the first inning. But uh, no, I've not I've not ever seen that before. And I and I told him uh, when I saw him, I it was I don't think the next later in that uh, homestand, maybe uh, or maybe a later uh, when I saw him that I really admired the fact that he did not do what I think just about everybody else would have done, which would have been to you know, shoo the bird away and, you know, <laughs> right. you know right. freak I, out. I, yeah. You know, an angry Eagle. I don't think we'd want uh, the beak or the talons anywhere near our eyes, but he held his composure miraculously. It's so. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I guess my question for you, speaking of opening day is I, I think, I, and I heard Corey mention this on the radio broadcast. Are you guys still going to be remote from target field for a little while here or. Yeah. Uh, we won't be traveling at least at the start of the year. The hope is as the vaccines get more uh, popular and and, uh, more readily available to people and the teams, uh, the players themselves get vaccinated, uh, that we might be able to do uh, what we enjoy doing. And that is actually being there, you know, for the uh, opening days and and every game. Uh, It does complicate things for us. We understand why 
and we're on board with it. Everybody, everybody for all 30 teams, we're all going to do the very best we can, but there's really nothing like actually being at a game and announcing it. And, you know, announcers and other sports have had to deal with it too. But uh, the hope is that as, uh, you know, we kind of crawl out of this awful pandemic that we've been dealing with now for more than 12 months, that as we do that and we return to a more normal lifestyle that, uh, eventually, uh, you know, the, the announcers will be able to go on the road as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think it's a shame, though. This is so weird. I will never get used to not calling that retractable roof stadium Miller Park. I mean, how fitting. Beer, Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Everything. I mean, Laverne and Shirley. All now it's it, American. Yeah. It, I, that's the one bad part about uh, corporate sponsorships is they may change. I hope it's Target Field forever for many different reasons. But that well, is. I'm, I haven't seen. I'm going to differ with you there because I, I, I would prefer that. Uh, uh, a regional bank uh, that happens to spell its name B R E M E R might step in and get the naming rights to Target Field whenever the contract ends. I just think that'd be cool. And I think we have our new sponsor for Dick Predicts. I think yeah, I that's, like that. that it all comes full circle. It's not going to be just yeah. Jefferson Lines anymore. Yeah, Jefferson <laughs> Lines. We'll I like that on. You know, and honestly, this is a weird thing to talk about, but I kind of liked if they would have had the money to do it. Lando Lakes, if they would have come up, because that's kind of a, kind of fits the the area here, you know. But you know, Target's so synonymous with this area too. But. Well, Derek, if you got yeah. a couple hundred million dollars, yeah, right. <laughs> Brandon Woodruff on the mound uh, for Milwaukee, right, Dick? I believe that it is Woodruff and Maeda on Thursday. Yeah, that- yeah, and we're looking forward to it. And and uh, I, I I hope this makes sense. Last year we had opening, we didn't have opening days. We had first games. This is going to be opening day. This is going to be more like what we've all grown accustomed to. We've all dealt with, you know, among other things, the Minnesota, North Dakota uh, winters and, and all that, the pandemic and all that. For me, this is really going to be opening day on Thursday and then the home opener the following. We really didn't have that last year. We just started a schedule and it didn't seem like opening day. And, and this year, I suspect it will. We'll have fans in the ballpark in Milwaukee on Thursday. And we'll have fans at Target Field the following Thursday, and it's just going to seem uh, a whole lot more real, I think, for everybody. Oh, just gave me goosebumps. It's good stuff. American Family Field is where they'll be uh, yeah. getting her underway. Dick, outstanding. Can't wait to see you and uh, get this season underway. Thank you so much, Dick. Appreciate the time. Next Tuesday, we'll have some games to talk about. Yes, that's what we'd like to hear. He is Dick Bremer, brought to you by Jefferson Line. See, Derek, I got the sponsor in there. Like how he did that? Uh,